Welcome everyone to our special pre-Tishabov episode of this podcast. Here I have a special guest with us, Abigail Sapir, is here to share some uh, Torah about the month of Av. Okay, so I'm going to jump right in. Ali's going to chime in, maybe ask some questions. Yeah, well, first, well, first, Abby, let's get started at the beginning. What is Av? What is the Hebrew month? What are Hebrew months? What is the Hebrew calendar? So I'm really into following the Hebrew calendar because every Hebrew month has a, a very unique energy that reflects the divine intention of that time and it allows us specific guidance, healing, and growth as we cycle through the year. So I love to pay attention to these um, energies and everything it represents and a lot of it's through Kabbalah and it's just really beautiful because it really it just guides me along this um, journey of life. And I love it. Yeah. The, the Hebrew calendar is very special because it's a lunar calendar that's also combined with the solar calendar. So the months are lunar months, and it goes towards the cycles of that month. But it lines up with the solar calendar so that during the summer, we're going to be feeling a Pacific energy. During the fall and the winter, all the seasons, it all matches up. Ah, it's all divine. All divine timing. So tell us a little about Av. So... Yeah, Av, um, we're continuing with this heat from Tammuz. It's a really intense month. And um, it's kind of broken down into two halves. The first half of Av is somber and heavy. And then comes the full moon. And there's this joyous love that's rekindled all around us. It's really beautiful. So right now we're in the first nine days of Av, which is preparing us for what's known as the saddest day of the year, Tisha B'Av. Um, the ninth of Av. Yeah, the ninth of Av, which commemorates the loss of the first and second temples and also the long history of destruction. And there were many expulsions that happened that took place on this very day. So what are these nine days all about? What is this this feeling of sadness? Is it is it just sadness? Is it something deeper? Yeah, it is. It's... um. It's this deep yearning and this feeling of loss, you know. It's it's really a time to slow down, reflect inward um, upon what's missing in our lives. We're still, like, very much in exile, and the pain is, is super real. So it's time to focus on the lack of harmony and divine presence that we once had when we had the Beit Samitas. So it's kind of like getting out of our ego, like, even if life is going good, and just... Um, like recognizing and feeling that actually we're missing something in our lives. Like we don't have this divine presence and like our holy temple was the divine dwelling and now we kind of sit in its emptiness. Yeah. Abby, what, what is the, what is the temple? Maybe a lot of our listeners and also, you know, us um, previously on our journeys too, you know, it was very hard to connect to the temple. You know, you go to the Israel, you go to the Kotel, you see this, wall of this building that once was and we reference the temple a lot in our prayers but you know in modern Jewish life a lot of us have a hard time connecting to the sacrifices and connecting to this thing that once was that seems so far from us and why should we mourn it even what's the true essence of the temple so yeah the temple also known as the Beit HaMikdash it it wasn't only a temple of service it was actually our deepest spiritual connection to God's divine presence in this physical world. Um, It was the foundation where the physical and spiritual entities could live together in harmony. 
And so now, like, kind of, we're mourning because without this flow of divine energy, we're missing a true sense of unity. And without that unity, we're missing a love amongst the community of our people. Yeah. Not not just the community, like, the world as people, humanity, but also, like, within our people, our nation. Yeah, those are two two great points because the... You know, when the temple is there, it represented this love of, of us. And it's good to note that all the nations of the world used to come to pray at the Holy Temple. Right, and that's such a beautiful thing because it's like, we don't want to get into politics, but, you know, like, there is politics around that space. and But we're all trying to really do the same thing, like, and we're fighting over it, and we think that's the right thing. But we're all just trying to like be of service to our creator and connect back to the source, restore the fallen sparks. Yeah. So. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about Tishabov. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, like on Tishabov, we don't eat. We're not to be social with others. It's very like introverted, and there's no singing in the prayer. We sit on the floor as as though we are mourning a lost family member. And um, it's actually really beautiful because the fact that we're still grieving the loss of our temple after thousands and thousands of years is such an incredible moment in time to witness and take part in. And it shows such a, such a, um, a strength of our people and such a deep yearning to return to that place of service and unity. Um, you know, the yearning to be whole again, and it actually allows us to recognize that from darkness a new light is born. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like, I, I feel that Hashem, you know, during these nine days, actually a lot of bad things happen. Um, you know, really big tragedies that are sad and people, well, I mean, I'm extra careful on the nine days. It's it's scary. There's an energy in the air. There's like this curse. And throughout history, our ancestors endured like just countless tragedies that to this day, we still actually carry their pain and sorrow with us. Like we carry our ancestors' pain um, through generations and generation, and Av is really a time that allows us to embrace it and cradle it close to our hearts, um, to be present with our feelings and just find wholeness in the state of being broken. And it's also telling us that it's okay to mourn and what's missing in our lives and what we lack. Yeah, as, as we said in our last episode, sometimes when you're you're growing and you're missing something, we tend to push it aside. And anything that we're lacking, it's you know there's a tendency to. Uh, not focusing on it, focus only on the good, but this time right now is to notice the lacking and focus on the lacking because it's, you know, said that God handpicked each of us to have specific losses and shortfallings in our lives, and we're we, we're meant to pray about those things. Um, uh, Rabbi Rabbi Nathan, Rabbi Nachman's disciple, is Rabbi Nachman says you know you should pray over every little thing, even the lost button on your shirt. You know, because whatever happens to us, it's only a motivation for us to cry out to God because our tears open the gates of heaven. And these prayers can heal that specific lack that's found in our lives and in the rest of the world. So we should really pray for other people's lacks as well. Yeah, and like even just take it a step further and to thank God for what we lack because feeling gratitude for our misfortune like not only humbles us, but it also propels us into closer relationship with our creator and that's just a really beautiful connection to have so what does av actually mean av the meaning of av is actually father and it just um shows us that the essence of the this month is to remembering that like our father god is merciful and forgiving 
Oh, and we'll, we'll get into this later, but the second half of the month, as it switches to happiness, it's we no longer refer to the month as Av, but we refer to it as Menachem Av, the consoling of the Father. As this Father is crying over the loss of his temple, we're now consoling him and saying that we can be together again, we can be unified again. Mm, so beautiful. So yeah, I think that like when we're crying out to the world about crying out to God, you know, about our misfortunes, um, like we were talking about before, is that really deep down we're crying because we feel a disconnection from God and his presence in this world is not yet fully realized. And, you know, we're getting there. People are waking up and there's definitely a spiritual movement and people are, are recognizing God's presence, but it's not like, it's not a unified source of light yet you know what I mean yeah it's sometimes we don't know what we really want and even when we do we're afraid to ask for it we're we're afraid of that that closeness that closeness that's possible to feel we're afraid of that love yeah and I think that like you know love is is what we should be striving for this month it's actually I think the true lack of all humanity is love and like you know of course we all have had moments of love in our life but just like when you look at the whole world together it's not really something that we're vibrating on it's you know we don't really love each other as we should there's a lot of hate in the world there's a lot of war and we also don't love ourselves as we should and you know there's all this everything in social media and how we should be in this and that and it's just it's actually really sad and so you know, there's so much judgment and that's the real problem that we face. It's so it's so easy for ourselves to judge. It's like so easy to judge. You know, let's be real. Like and it's constantly something that we need to like work on ourselves and I need to constantly remind myself like, no, you don't need to judge that situation. Just like look at it from a, a point of love. Hmm. Now, I, th- I think the person that I think about as the person who really knew how to love was Arona Cohen. Yeah, uh, Moshe's uh, brother and uh, the first of the Kohanim of the priests of Israel. And, you know, he was someone that was always fixing relationships. He was always helping people make amends. And and the uh, descendants of him daily blessed the congregation with love. Levarech mo Yisrael be'ahava. Amen. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. And also, actually, like, Arana Cohen is actually very, um, like, his, the it's idea relevant. of him is, is relevant to this month because the first day of Av, which is Rosh Chodesh, is, was his um, Yortzeit, the day that he died and he left this world. And actually, the Jewish people, I heard that they cried for 30 days after his death. Yeah. And, like, he re- really represents what it means to have peace in the home. He had, as Ellie said, this beautiful gift of bringing peace and harmony into relationships. And it really um, portrays this idea that home is in the heart of all things. And that's where it starts. That's the first place to work on, to bring peace yeah. into the home, into our hearts. And the Holy Temple was, so to speak, God's home. And, yeah. and That was the heart. And that was the heart. And without the temple, God doesn't have a place in this world and what we're doing all this time is we're we're trying to create the temple inside of us too. Is that you know actually that was our first episode, and 
bringing the temple inside of us and perfecting this space so that God can have a place in this world inside of us and among us. Yeah. We're praying yeah. for peace. Yeah. Praying and for um, peace. something beautiful about peace about the word is um, shalom uh, comes from the word shalem. And shalem means wholeness. And like this is really our mission in this world to restore the fallen sparks, to bring peace and to also see the divine spark that lives within each person. Like that's how we can bring peace. When you see peace into another person, you're bringing peace into the world. You're having peace in your heart. You're bringing peace into the world. So and it's just such a reminder that the light of God is really within each of us. And when we release our judgments of others, we make space to see and hear God within the others. Mm. And like, that's true unconditional love. Yeah. And this is something that we just need to constantly be praying for, even if we don't have, even if we think it's so far away. We need to yearn for it. And then we're making that space inside of it for it to come. Beautiful, Ali. So now, you know, we're pre-Tishavav. And, you know, we're feeling this lack and this pain. But let's start talking about the rebuilding. Let's talk about what the second half of Av is all about. And bring a little hope into our hearts. Yeah. So the second half of Av actually does a complete 180 for us. Uh, Tuba Av is the 15th of Av. And actually, the, the 15th is the full moon. And a lot of high holidays and like Sukkot and Passover fall on the 15th. But Tubav is especially joyous because it follows such a time of hardship and sorrow. And the question is, why is it so joyous, right? Well, it's recorded that every year in Tishabav, thousands of years would die during our wandering years in the desert. And legend has it that people would actually dig their own graves. It's pretty crazy because they were expecting their deaths to come. They would lie down in the grave and they would just die. And um, on the 15th of Av, the year prior to when we, um, before we went, were, entered the land of Israel, um, the, the death ceased to occur. And people actually thought that they had miscalculated, like, because nobody died. But then when they saw the full moon come, they knew that the time had passed um, and that the curse had ended. And they actually rejoiced in the fact that they would enter the land of Israel. And this is like such a happy time mm. because, you know, so Tisha B'Av, we're like connecting inward more. And then Tubav is about going out, connecting your community and connecting outward. And also in the times of the temple, like the women would dress in white and dance before the men to try and their, the, to find their soulmates with one look in the eye. I think actually I read somewhere that they went out at night, like it was during the grape harvest. It was too, yeah. too hot to harvest during the day so they would go out at night right yeah there's this big connection between uh tubaav and this time of the year and grapes and um there's actually a class coming up that we should listen to uh we should be a part of but uh, this this time of the year is the grape harvest and uh, specifically the white grapes come first and then the re red grapes and so yeah this is the time that we would go out to harvest at night but there's just this time of celebration in the vineyards. The woman would dress up and it was this, it's the it's the original Valentine's Day, it's the original yeah. love festival. Yeah, so it's actually funny because I feel like growing up, it's not such like a big holiday, but then you come to Israel and like everyone's celebrating Tuba Av and then, you know, there's Shabbos Nachamu. Maybe say a little bit about that, Ellie. 
So Shabbos Nachamu is the Shabbat that is right after, um, right after Tisha B'av, and is after these three weeks of you know we read um, the Torah portion, the the half Torah portion revolves around the destruction of the temple, and it leads into these uh, seven weeks of consolation until we get up to um, kind of right before Rosh Hashanah. And these are just the seven weeks of consolation of bringing energy back up. Yeah, and like this quick shift from somber to joy, it reveals to us like such a deep truth that we, we really all hold in our hearts, and we know this. Um, there's a great um, quote by Melinda Ribner, which I get a lot of my information about the Energy Month, but she says, out, out of destruction comes rebirth and newness. And this is really something I always talk about in general in my art and my paintings. It's just like the ebb and flow of life. From pain comes pleasure. And pain really takes us to like that broken place inside of ourselves. And there we can really like start to do the work and feel whole again. You know, just like um, a seed needs to be buried in the ground in order to be to grow into life giving plants. Yeah, it's a great permaculture Torah, you know. You eat food, you put it in the compost, it's done, it's smelly, it's disgusting, but that turns into the greatest fertility for the soil. Yeah, yeah. And our pain could serve as the greatest fertility for us to go further yeah. and to it's, be that light that we know that we are yeah. in this world. It's, a, it's such a hard truth, really. It's like, oh my God, like, you know, like, I, I want to bless us all that we should be able to, like, get to the deepest, deepest depths, like, without pain. But just like if you're going through a lot of pain, like, you know, we both have had a lot of pain and, and nobody in this world doesn't go through pain. Hashem is giving all of us like the pain because it really brings us to that place. And it's like, you know, there's this great metaphor also of the lotus flower that's, you know, from the dark murky waters, a beautiful flower grows and it only grows in those dark murky waters. And it's one of the most beautiful flowers and it represents such, it represents rebirth. And so, you know, when we can recognize and see the shadows within us, we can bring light to those dark places. And there we could like, listen to the messages that there for us to grow. Mm. So I, I hear that each Hebrew month is also related to um, a different one of the 12 tribes and um, a different uh, astrological sign. Uh, what is in a letter even? Yeah, all different I can Kabbalah tell you. In the month. Can yeah. you tell us about uh, one of these sure. things? Sure. So the tribe of Av is characterized by Shimon, the tribe of Shimon. And Shimon is the second son of Leah. Um, Leah always felt unloved by Yaakov because he actually favored his sister Rachel. So and a, little, a little background. Yeah. In, in the Torah, Yaakov, uh, Jacob, he was our third forefather. And he loved uh, Laban's uh, daughter, Rachel, and he longed for her, and he worked for her. He had to work long seven years uh, for Laban, who was not so nice to him at all, um, for Rachel. And on the night of the wedding, Laban switched her with her older sister, Leah, who Yaakov ended up marrying. Um, and eventually he was able to marry Rachel as well, but... You know, he was first with Leah. Yeah, and it's like, so it's it's a very interesting story, and we can learn a lot from it. Um, but, you know, it was really sad for Leah because she always just felt like second best. And 
when she bore her second child, Shimon, she said to God, like God heard her prayers because she felt hated by her husband and he blessed her with a child. And the funny thing is, is um, Leah had all these children and it was very hard for Rachel to have children. So, but... Yeah, so, Shimon is, comes with Shema, to hear. Yeah, and so he, and that's actually the healing area of this month. But I want to talk a little bit more about Shimon because, um, you know, like Reuven, he, he and all the children, he carries these painful feelings of his mother, that what she had when he was born. Um, and it feels like that he spent his whole life trying to defend himself from being born of a mother who felt unloved by his father. And Shimon was, he was known to be really passionate. And although he thought he was doing good, his fire passion wasn't really contained. And he reacted emotionally without thinking when he heard that his sister was raped. And he used this passion to um, defend his sister but by killing all the men of Shechem in the process. And he was also the leader of the idea to throw the favorite brother Yosef into the pit to die. So, um, you know, it's no surprise that the element of Av is fire. You know, fire is beautiful and passion is beautiful, but when it's not contained, it can bring a whole lot of destruction. Mm, yeah, I, I love making fires. You know, we, you know, we, we used to, we like to camp a lot and um, we love being outside. I love making fires. And I remember this one year I said, Abby, come on, we haven't done any fires this year. We haven't done any fires. Come on, let's make a fire. But it was so hot, we did not feel like making a fire. So, you know, at this time of the month, it's like, it's so hot, and we don't want any extra fire, you know, because yeah. we're <laughs> feeling that, that destruction. Right. Um, so anyway, um, so you said like before that about Shimon, like the, the, the area of healing of the month is um, hearing. Um, and the name Shimon is derived from the word Lishma, which means to hear. And so uh, if you remember from last month, the healing uh, was of the sight. And also one of Leah's son, Reuven. Reuven. Yeah. So, so far we're going through these tribes. And this month we take it further because once we could see truth clearly, we can then quiet ourselves to hear the truth. Um mm. Yeah. So when's what's hearing all about? When's the you know? Let's see. When's the first time we talked about hearing in the Torah? Um, it was in um, Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden, when Adam heard God say, "Where are you?" Like he obviously he knew where he was. This was right after they ate from the forbidden tree. But what he was really saying was, "I feel your distance, and I want to be with you." Where are you in this world? Yeah, and like so. You know, let's take this further, what it means to hear or listen. Um, to, to feel close to someone means to listen to them. And, you know, this uh, this month specifically, a lot of misunderstanding can come from a lack of listening. So we need to be careful about that. Um, you know, we often only hear what we want to hear. Um, so it's really important this month not to jump to conclusions and make assumptions. Um, we got to really open our hearts and listen to what's actually being said. And that's often what we don't want to hear. Like when a child or a loved one shares a pain, we really need to embrace them and really hear them. And by doing this, we're accepting and we're understanding their pain because their pain is real and we all just want to be heard in this world. Uh, and when, when we feel like one accepts our pain, we don't as much feel like we need to prove it. 
And, you know, the thing about listening that's beautiful, it's really about surrender. It's about taking a step back. That's all it is. And, you know, through that experience of listening, we grow closer together. So if you had to pick an animal that was related to this month, well, I know you aren't picking it. You're basing this off the ancient wisdom of the Kabbalah. But um, what, you know, so what, what animal and what, uh, what zodiac? Is this so, month? yeah, the astrological sign of Av is Leo. And um, which is portrayed as the lion is also connected to the fire and the passion. Um, Leos are known to be generous and great leaders, just as the lion is like the leader of the jungle. But um, so this energy really has the potential to be expressed in such a great and mighty way, like the the roar of a lion. It it illuminates. Um, But like we said before, when not channeled correctly, it could consume and wreak havoc. So that's just like really important, um, you know, to talk about. And I'd love to segue into the letter of the month, which is Tet. Um, Each month is symbolized by a letter. And the shape of the letter is a vessel that curves back in on itself. And what that reveals is what is ultimately good is hidden. It's hidden light that dwells within each person. And so, you know, that teaches us to look within ourselves and to find a beautiful truth. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and we, we also talk about the numerical value of the letter nine, reminding us of what, Ellie? Yeah, so the, well, this I can't connect much to. You <laughs> um, know, the, the letter tet in, in, in Gematra, it's letter nine. And everyone knows, uh, in, as we know in the famous Passover song, nine months, tisha choche leida. Nine months of pregnancy. Yes. So it's actually, it's really beautiful because um, I talked about this before in other blog posts, but the idea that is that the the year is broken up into different parts. And so right now we're in uh, Tammuz, Av, and Alul. They're like a a group together. Summer summer season of months. So Tammuz is, the letter is the Chet, which resembles a wedding canopy. So it's like in Tammuz, it's, it's representing the wedding. And then Av is the Tet, and that's the pregnancy. And then Elul is where we're actually birthed into this world. So it's really cool. It's really cool when you think of it like that. And um, actually, also, the first time the letter appears in the Torah is in the word Tov. And, yeah, and, and Rep Shlomo says that the first time that the letter appears in the Torah or a word appears in the Torah, that's the headquarters of that letter. That's where you need to look at to get a little bit insight yeah, on that that's, letter. That's like the energy. So Tov, Tet, Tov, what's Tov? Tov means good. And, you know, from this we understand that Av is ultimately good. And it's actually said that the Mashiach, the Messiah, will be born on Tishabav. So, Ali, do you, what do you think? You think he's born already? So I, I feel like it's here. I feel like it's here, but it's not released. I don't know if it's going to be born now. I feel like, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting for it. We're, people are waking up to this idea of Mashiach, idea of a new light, of a new revelation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just, and we're waiting for it to come out and we need to create the right environment for it to come out. Uh, I don't know I have details if he was born already, yeah. not born already, what it really is. I like to believe that he was born and that, as my friend Shelly says, we're in the so, slow brew. It's the, the, the brew it's in, the stew is in the oven. Like the meat's in the oven, but it's still cooking. It's a slow brew. 
So he's he or she is born into this world, but we're still waiting. Um, we're getting closer to him, that deep down we're all been waiting for. And it's said in the Talmud that in the times of uh, Mashiach, all the pain of this month will actually be turned into joy. So that's pretty hopeful. Um, something also really cool about the word tov is that it's the 33rd word in the Torah, which is associated with what, Ali? Do you remember? Oh, 33. That's, uh, that must be like the 33rd day of the Omer, which is uh, we call Lag Ba'omer. Exactly. Lag, the Gemantra, Lamed Gimel, 33. And that day is when... We commemorate the was when the disciples of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai uh, stopped to die. And there's a connection of Shimon too. Oh yeah, Shimon. Interesting, interesting. And so Lagba Omer is a very joyous holiday. It's this uh, joyous of also this revealed Torah, and people are also making fire. Wow, it's another connection. Right. Making fires, and it's marks the end of the mourning period um, that we experience during the counting of Sefirat Omer. Right. So, and then it also is like linked to, you know, the the same way that Av has the part of the 15th and then it, it switches. So it has this like deep connection right there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of similarities. Um, Abby, can you share us some practical guidelines for this month just to bring some of this Torah down? We talked a lot about high concepts, but how can we bring this a little bit more into our lives? Right. Well, we talked about like listening as a tool and you know having your passion be contained your fire contained um but basically like just to meditate on the fact of feeling the divine light just like looking seeing hearing it um it's still very much present in this world but like the tet shows us it's hidden and we just need to listen for it so just listen to the divine presence in all of creation um listen to the birds listen to the wind um you know, we can also visualize the letter Tet in our meditations because it's the letter of this month. And, you know, uh, in Melinda Ribner's Kabbalah Month, month, she talks about some. you can even visualize like yourself like in that Tet and like your life. So you can do that in your meditations. Um, it's really important to pay attention to the words that are coming out of our mouths, like just to really hear them as they we speak them. It's such a like trippy concept, but I've been trying to do this more. Um, it helps you not to mumble too and really like think about and feel what you're saying. And if you happen to be like a writer and you like to journal, that's also something really cool to do is just to like sit back and try to listen more in your writing and just allow God to channel his words through you. It's it's really cool. And I would say also, you know, letting go of the ego, like, you know, the Leo uh, month, if if not channeled correctly. So you know, it can be really easy to um, let the ego take over, but we got to try to be humble to ourselves and just be reminded that we don't always need to be right and just to bring more love into our hearts and into our relationships. Um, I guess a real life example that I can give would be um, especially good for this month since they're like the, the temple was destroyed because of pure hatred. You know, if I find myself feeling hate or annoyance toward people thing or things in, in my environment, it's really just a warning sign that really I need to go take a break. I need to take a few minutes and reconnect with myself. So, you know, because that means I'm not in a state of love. If I'm getting super annoyed about everything that Ellie does or my kids do or whatever, it means I'm not in a state of love. And, you know, if I can go reconnect back to myself, back to my heart center, which we actually talk about in last podcast. So if you want to know more about that, go listen there. 
But when I'm in a state of love, I can really accept others around me and the feelings that they're going through. And I'll really just maybe end off on this important note that if we can spiritually embody the temple within our desires and, and within our bodies, then we really have a chance of bringing the moment we've all been waiting for. And like just like Hashem wants to dwell in the temple, so too do our souls want to de- dwell within a temple. And, you know, our bodies don't have souls. Our souls have bodies, and our bodies are the temple for our soul to dwell. So let's make it a dwelling space. Yeah. Thank you very much, Abby. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Here at Sol Melfanecha, Hashem Elokeinu Velkei Avotenu, Shibana Ebe Samitash, Mirabi Amenu, Beten Chalkenu, Betoratecha. We should have a, the Beis Amitash should be rebuilt within our times, and we should have and give us our place in its Torah, that we should really understand the Torah, the Beis Amitash, what it means to have a temple, what it means to build the temple in this world, in our bodies, in our relationships, in our homes. Amen. And please teach us the right way to do and the right way to be. Yeah, and for those of you who are fasting, you know, we wish you to have just a really meaningful heartfelt, beautiful fast, and may you really connect to um, the energy of the sadness and uh, the loss of this month, and we just saw, bless you all with a beautiful month of Av, and to also, like, rejoice together with you on Tuba Av, and in the coming of our temple. Yes, we can't can't wait to meet on happier times. Take care. Bye-bye now.